Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hi, I'm Mickey Lee. We're here, me and Legs McNeil are here on JBTV uh, with the, our new book, I Slept with Joey Ramone, soon to be a major motion picture um, based on this book about Joey Ramone's life. Are you ready for a great classic podcast? JBTV, the respected name in music TV. These are podcasts that no one has heard in many years. This is the JBTV podcast series, The Classics. JBTV. Hi, I'm Jerry Bryant, and welcome to the JBTV Podcast. On this edition... Hi, I'm Legs McNeil. Hi, I'm Mickey Lee. I Slept with Joey Ramone, a family memoir, plus excerpts with the one, the only, Joey Ramone. This guy who wanted to manage us once, who made a deal like that. Really? He'll take take your soul, but he'll make you famous. Uh I think he's Peter Frampton's manager or something like Uh that. Well, welcome to JBTV. Thank, Thank you. you. Yes, Thanks it's a pleasure me. having you guys here. And I got to say, uh, this book is absolutely amazing. And it's amazing how over the years, the one thing that keeps screwing everything up, money. The Ramones didn't really make a lot of money. So the smaller the pie is, the smaller the economics is, you know, everybody gets a lot cheaper and they're you know, there's not a lot of crumbs to go around. Mm-hmm. Had, the, had the Ramones sold millions of copies of albums, I think Joey would have been much more generous. You know, because Joey was an extremely generous guy, as we both know. Okay, so at 10 years old, I was introduced to Johnny Ramone and uh, Tommy Ramone by a, a friend of mine who was my age, but his older brother played in a band with those guys. <clears throat> so that's when I first met them. I was in a band with Johnny and Tommy when I was 14, introduced them to Joey. So uh, um, when the Ramones started, I was their roadie, right? Then there was nobody else they could find to work for them, and uh, I made it uh, uh, easy for them to get their show from uh, stopping every two seconds to to change a string Mm -hmm. to the 30-minute nonstop barrage, right? When they were in the studio recording their first album, they they were having trouble with the background vocals, so I wound up singing all the background vocals on the first album, including... You, did, did you sing all of them, or was there some other... 90% of them. Who, yeah. who else sang on, on uh, the Tommy sang a little Tom, bit. Tommy sang it. Who else? Um, did the engineer, the guy? The engineer sang a little bit on I Want to Be Your a Boyfriend. Boyfriend. Um, but I did the ooze in the middle. Because he the, could uh, harmonize... I mean, it, I mean, basically, if you see Mickey sing, he has Joey's voice, mm-hmm. and they... They harmonize it, great it, it together. Yeah. You sound so much like him. Well, that's why it worked on this album. Because okay. I sounded somewhat like him, but it wasn't him. It sounds so. like Joey's it's harmonizing it. with himself. Mm-hmm. But you know it, the song that Judy is a Punk? Mm-hmm. In the middle, of it, there's a long thing that goes, ooh, ooh. That's you? That's me. Wow. <laughs> right. So I also did the oohs on the Butts Creek Bop. Mm-hmm. 
Um, I was working for the band. They were paying me 50 bucks a week. I was, you know. Now, that's got, outrageous. That kind of money. Well, I mean, you were you. overpaid. Right. <laughs> I was overpaid. Yeah, really. You should have been working for 40. <laughs> you only had to work yeah. a show. It's only an hour a night. I only had to keep <laughs> borrowing money from everybody I knew to pay my rent while I'm roading for the Ramones. Yeah, but, but you, you know. got to also remember there was absolutely no money mm. in New York at that time. $50 a, a week was, 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 a, lot. was um, a lot. It was a well, lot. Well, put it this way: when I stopped working for the Ramones, uh, I, I went to work for the Talking Heads for a little while, and they paid me uh, in one night what the Ramones were paying me for a whole week. So I wouldn't really. <laughs> Did you feel say guilty it, about <laughs> that? You know, I am only really worth fifty. No, <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah, talk to those guys; they'll tell you what I'm worth. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, I sing the uh, all these background vocals on that, and. Um, let it go for years and years. And then 1990, uh, um, Bud Light uses the song for a... a, a small, a, insignificant company. A little, yeah, with yeah, no yeah, money. No, nobody ever money. heard it. Yeah. So it's running 30 times a day, and I'm hearing my voice on this TV commercial. And I had done a little work in jingles, and I know... That you get residuals, yes. and you get session fees. You can do that, you know, depending on the arrangement. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I, I obviously did that as... Uh, it wasn't a situation where... I was hired as a background vocalist for a spot that was just being made. It was already recorded. Right. They got $100,000 from Budweiser, which, as Leg says, you know, it's not a huge amount, but mm-hmm. significant. And also, we got to remember that Sire owned half their publishing. So, so they Sire, got half of it. So then they got, they got half, half of it right off right. the top. So yeah. then there's $50,000 right. to, to split And then I'm the, sure they found some fees and miscellaneous yeah. expenses right. to throw. Because, you know, these accountants are good at that. You I, know? I, was, <laughs> I was pretty broke at the time. My band that I had at the time was not making a hell of a lot of money. I would have been happy if they With gave 500 me. 500 or 5000 500 bucks. Exactly. I think what Mickey really would have liked. You don't know anything about it. Yeah. What? No. No. What would have been someone to to appreciate that he had sang and helped this band along and you know and and just someone say hey thanks you know, I thank you in a, in a small check. Even no check at all, no, just to listen, we didn't make a hell of a lot of money on this. And, but, but we acknowledge you know, your right, contribution. Right, I and, uh, you know, sorry about that, yeah. whatever. But <laughs> what I got was the uh, total opposite. And it was never, it was, this was not something between me and my brother, and I never meant it to be that way, and I never approached it that way. This was between me and the Ramones and their management. How are we doing? Oh, I was doing good. Oh, good. <laughs> I, I called the lawyer just to, to make an have an inquiry call put in to see how long. Having one of those days, you know, the uh, the mind to the connection is like. Uh, uh, I wanted to do a voice recognition to, on the track. If, we're, we're, no, if I wanted to pursue it, you yeah. know, uh, my my lawyer was saying, listen, you could be you could stand to be making anywhere from five thousand to ten thousand dollars for something like this. Sounds good, mm-hmm. like Pete Townsend. <laughs> How, if it's regional, whatever. He said, let me just put in a phone call to uh, the Ramones manager. Say, well, it's almost on now. <laughs> he didn't really get much of a response, no. except that they didn't want to give me anything. Yeah. Really clever and unique. Mm-hmm. And he's great. He's the original punk rocker that uh, Tom Waits, you know? The main thing that bothered me was that uh, when the album, first album came out, when I, when I went into the studio and did these vocals, everybody was like, man, thanks, you saved the day. What, are, you know, what, what, what name do you want on the album? We'll give you a credit for a background vocal. But they didn't, because John said uh, he, he, he didn't want to have any, uh, any other names on there because uh, he didn't want people to be confused as to who was in the band. 
Yeah. <laughs> get, get that look that he just, uh, you know. Ridiculous. Right. Legs has a similar story about I, being I was, a I was, the, I was the gorilla on the cover of the Animal Boy album. Uh-huh. And I said... Joey said, well, you know, you can do it for credit. And Lex the, had a career trying to be uh, play gorillas at yes, the time. Yeah, so. yes, I was, and a whole group was spun out of that whole idea. Yes, so there you go. yes. <laughs> well, what's unfortunate is that the Zippy, the TV chimp, that they're holding in front of the gorilla cage, went on to become the uh, monkey cam on mm. David Letterman. Mm. Do you remember him? Oh, yeah, and he'd run around and do stuff. <laughs> exactly. and, uh, which which I, I thought, oh, my God, a chimp upstaging the Ramones. I mean, what could be worse? Uh-huh. Well, they gave but him they, his start, though. Yeah, I know. They, you know? Yeah, he, but Zippy the Chimp went on to become this huge star, and then and the Ramones were still, you know, but anyway, playing But anyway, I, I, I called Joe, and I said, where's... I thought I was going to get credit, you know? And Joey said, oh, Johnny wanted... Uh, he was kind of giggling, so I, I think he kind of set me up. Um, uh, he, he said, "Joey didn't want to put your name on there because uh, Johnny didn't want to put your name on there because he he wanted everybody to think the chimp was real. No, to think the gorillas were oh, the real. Gorillas were real. Were real. Yeah, because yeah, the chimp was right. Real. The, yeah, the oh, chimp right, was right. real. So of course the chimp gets the career." Right, but, but but you know what the chimp did? The, the, the gorilla heads were made out of these wood, so the eyes were up here, uh-huh. and you actually, your eye hole, you look through the mouth. But every time they cut, Richie Ramone was holding Zippy the TV chimp, he would turn around and he'd punch me in the head, and the thing would rear up on my head and slam down on me and it was solid wood oh my God. I mean I should this have is, this is why Zippy got the big bucks yeah because he, he was you know. such a vicious little chimp <laughs> mm-hmm. and that Zippy if I if I get Zippy in a dark alley man we're gonna go mono e chimpo <laughs> Actually, I, I had paid Zippy to punch legs. <laughs> Five gonna, bucks a punch. I'm gonna kick. <laughs> I'm gonna kick the chimp out of him. Um, what's his name? Mm, boy, my brain. I'm just brain dead today, kids. That's a brain dead show. <laughs> just that's what started the big uh, fight between my brother and I. It became a big issue. Um, you know, he said, "I heard you called the lawyer." You know, yeah, and, that's uh, all. That's all you needed to hear. <laughs> I said, "Yeah." I said, "You know, he called to just make an inquiry call to see if it was worth pursuing and if I, there was anything in there for me." And uh, he said, "Well, uh, background singers don't get paid." I said, that's not true, you know, background singers get paid. And then he said to me, well, you only want money because you're a failure and a loser and you didn't make it. Um, Yeah, so that started a whole, uh, you know, big brotherly... uh, Conundrum. Conundrum, yeah. Yeah. And uh, it it, uh, was an off-again, on-again thing. And there were other issues, but that that probably uh, delved way back into uh, our childhood, childhood, Mm -hmm. you know. But we're on we're on TV, so you know when people will know I'm not in Sponge. <laughs> well, it's an awesome book. I so many good stories in there. You know, Joey did two interviews with us here did at JBTV. I bet he did. That's you all, know. just two. And he said uh, nobody would let him talk. Was that true? Oh yeah, in the beginning. Yes. Yeah. Um, it was. Uh, well, it's funny to have a guy t- saying nobody lets me talk, but you know. It's sort of a be- contradiction there, but down there. Yeah. <laughs> no, but you you remember in the in the yes. beginning days, Johnny didn't want them to come off. They, he thought they had this dumb image, mm-hmm. D U M B, and so he'd get Tommy to talk because he thought Tommy was smarter, and uh, he thought, you know, Joey and Dee Dee were kind of idiots, you know, and didn't want them. But but of course they were the most fascinating. They were the ones everyone wanted to talk to. Mm-hmm. And in fact, when we put Joey on the cover 
alone on Punk Magazine number three. You know, that was the first time the Ramones appeared on a magazine cover. Um, I think Johnny was really pissed. Yep. Like some cooking tips. Are you good? Cooking tips. Did you ever cook anything over these years? I've cooked an egg. Yeah? (laughs) (laughs) Just Joey, so... Um, I like the cover. I thought, I thought it was a great cover. Yeah, the cover worked really yeah, well. well yeah. But the, the other thing you, you got to keep in mind is that uh, it wasn't so much of a forced issue. Joey was a very, very quiet, very shy, shy, shy guy. guy. Yeah. I mean, he you know didn't really talk that much anyway. Yeah. You know. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, was it that good for you? <laughs> yeah, it was alright. You know, was it the soft hard or you know uh, these days you have to cook eggs longer than um, in years gone by because uh, they ecoboli or whatever they yeah call well it's now. really not, it's not even that it's just that they um, they take a lot longer to um, to manifest really yeah it's all that stuff they put in those chickens I know it's all those um, antibiotics and all this sh- EDTA oh. I think it's called <laughs> we learned that from the OJ trial everything he eats got EDTA so that's we'll blame it's it on that KMDA or uh, KMF <laughs> I don't know what it is it's just uh, you know it's these more sophisticated times that we live in and uh, we would just sit around I guess another sit down I guess it's a family thing I've noticed here <laughs> because yeah. that was the only sit down oh, interview oh, I've done are we in the same spot we're in, we well no we're in a different studio we have to do things a little differently today mm-hmm. than we did when I was a youngster um, back in the 30s. Kind of a similarity between us. Yeah, <laughs> I know. We, yeah, right? Yeah, I know. Not, yeah, well, was, not the uh, first. But. Yeah. Yeah. That's when the punk era really started. Oh, so that right? was a good time to buy stock. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you can get Coca-Cola for 10 bucks. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, we heard it was flying out of New York windows, stock certificates. You could just pick them I up. I know, I know. It was a good time. Yeah. You know, you can get my... Well, that was before Microsoft. <laughs> <laughs> Here, let's... Uh, this is good for our, our viewer and audience. Uh, Frank Black came in and did a song about the Ramones. And I thought it would be cool because I knew that Joey was coming in. Right. Opportunity. So I don't know if you probably heard this already or I'm not sure. Oh, I'm, I'm excited. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> he was excited there, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He, 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 hey, it's Frank. Oh, yeah. We had Joey Ramone on the show. Really? He, like, um, talked for a whole hour. He, like, talked about everything. He had this uh, <laughs> cab ride from hell that he wrote a... A song about and stuff. Really? Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, he's the greatest. It was only man. two years then. So anyway, you know, Motorhead. Motorhead, you know, um, they had a song about the Ramones on their 1916 album uh, called um, Ramones. Did you ever hear that song? <laughs> oh, of course. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the Ramones as well, kind of a love song. And it's a kind of a cryptic song, like the John Denver one was called Czar. And this is not called the Ramones. This is called uh, I Heard Ramona Sing. And it goes a little something like this. I hope to someday make a video for this. so many problems and then I got me a Walkman I really liked it a lot and they walked right in and they saw them they walked right in and they saw them I heard Ramona sing and I heard everything the speed they're traveling, they are the only thing. 
Ramona There were moments in the night It was alright So it really has nothing to do with the Ramones, this song. You just sang it, okay, okay. And you, and you, and you, 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 you made Joey endure this torture of this guy singing. You're really a great guy. This is the Pixies, Frank Black or Black Frank Black's great, man. He's great. Yeah. yeah. Oh, tell him to keep his J job. This is his day job. Yeah, so now you guys got to sit through this. It's like uh, yeah. four yeah. degrees yeah. of... Uh, I'm so glad we came. Well, <laughs> I'll turn that down now. No, but okay. I think it's, it's funny okay. because we're watching TV, watching Frank Black, and, and now we're watching... This is like 15 years later or whatever it is, and we're watching it again on television. So I'm doing it. I'm like, I haven't fully learned how to do uh, work the computer yet. But, um, but you got to know enough just to get by. Yeah, yeah, well, so yeah, well I, I've been, I do like... Um, you know, we kind of fax each other, and I do like road reports, or write about the Ramones from my perspective, and uh, I write about uh, new bands I like, and I, I um, conceived an event uh, recently during the Macintosh uh, New Music Festival in New York City, and um, so it's and it's pretty amazing and fascinating. You know, the uh, the computer sort of like the the link to the to the universe these days you know it's like the it's like the black hole to the universe or whatever plus you know you got to remember that the 80s for the Ramones was the worst time ever I mean then the I was there on the Tom Snyder show mm-hmm. and, and Tom Snyder didn't even show up they had some some blonde woman filling in. Oh no! I mean, I mean, the, the, I mean that that's that that kind of typifies what the the, the humiliation and the and the disappointment. The, the disappointment and frustration of the eighties for the Ramones. Definitely cool. I mean, like it's like another world out there if you're like um, online or hooked up, you know. So it's kind of cool. It's good. It's you know, it's like. Um, but I, I really, when it comes to. Um, Computers and rock and roll, I don't see where the two uh, connect. I mean, rock and roll is primal, and it should stay that way, and I'm a caveman at heart. <laughs> I met Tom Snyder once. Uh, I was in a band called The Rattlers, and uh-huh. David Merrill, who's the son of the opera singer Robert Merrill, was the bass player, and they were both judging the uh, Miss uh, USA, the Miss America pageant in Atlantic City. We went down there, and Tom Snyder takes me and Dave over to the side and says, Listen, uh, I know you guys are musicians. You wouldn't happen to have a little uh, <laughs> on you. And, uh, he's, he liked smoking pot. He did. Uh, you know, I, I, I thought, Tom Snyder was Tom, a pothead? Yeah. Yeah. Hey, you learn I something new see, every you know, day, huh? I was Breaking keep- Chicago news here. <laughs> really? Tom Snyder? Pothead. Yeah. Film at eleven. The right. late great Tom right. Snyder. Late, He's great. gone now. Yeah, but you know, and, and I learned and, 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 the, and the Tom Snyder the Tom Snyder pot dealers keep coming out of the woodwork. I hear it's up to fourteen and fifteen wow. uh, dealers that he had now. Well, it's just like they, the they, uh, they, like they say. I was Tom. They come out and say they write a book. Like oh, I was know, Tom. Like Tiger's mistresses. I smoked out. with oh, Tom right. Snyder. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I haven't really followed this. T- how many how many mistresses did, did Tiger Woods I think have? It's up to fifty. It's the way to go. It's got that warmth. Mm-hmm. It just shows you when you're on the road, having fun, just having fun, and things like this come back to haunt you, you know. <laughs> but fun, yeah. fun can haunt you. I mean, they're much better now. There's, um, when people learn how to like master them better, 
because uh, when they first came out, they were kind of cold. No mistresses have come forward for Mickey. They had no depth, you yeah. know, no richness, no, you know. Mm-hmm. And now um, they sometimes they sound better. It depends who's um, mastering them or whatever. That was the good old age of groupies. Um, it was, but that's uh, actually when I... Um, you got married. I got, well, no, I, I, I got had my first girlfriend. Ah. So, um, you were being loyal and... and yeah, uh, it was what an ti- idiot. It was bad timing. <laughs> what an idiot. Uh, yeah, well, we have heart. <laughs> and uh, you got to, you know, you got to be in tune with, you know, a lot of people aren't. They just make music and it's cold and sterile, you know. But it sells. <laughs> I should have been a golf pro. Yeah. Cool. Well, let's see some music cool. videos on the show. What would you like to see of the remote? Um, actually, there's a video that I, I appear in. I make a little uh, cameo in. Um, it called. Uh, it's all about you, isn't it? That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So you, you know. <laughs> he keeps trying to push me away. <laughs> help! 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 I'm going back into the abyss. <laughs> no, keep, keep going. <laughs> keep going. All right. A little further. Uh, what's that Twilight Zone where the kid gets lost in the other dimension? Remember that? Great oh, movie? yeah, and he was like in the wall or yeah. whatever. Yeah. 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 Can we yeah. do that with legs? Yeah. yeah. Well, we're, ba- we're you're back in '63 right now. <laughs> <laughs> Mickey, help me! Let me play a video called "Something to Believe in." Okay. Oh, that'd be right. And there's a lot of actually uh, Richie Stotts is in it, and a lot of people from the uh, music scene in the Lower East Side, and uh, um, I think Michael Jackson's in it too. Wow. I'm pretty sure. Take a quick uh, <laughs> look closely. You is might see. No. Is he really? I, I now, how much did this video cost back then? Um, was this like 50 cents? How, how much you got? No, no, no. I mean, I like, mean, when you did the video, I mean, it was... Oh, well, I didn't do it. It was my brother's band. They right, had my right. own band called The but Rattlers. I mean, did you the, know about what went on with that? Because you were sort of in it. Um, yeah. Everything they did was low budget. Okay. So I, I couldn't really give you but the... But not all of it looked low budget. Probably I the lowest budget uh, really? that I could get away with. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Actually, no, this one it looks like it, it might have cost a bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I thought they all looked good. I didn't have any problems. Yeah, because the music was always where I came from, especially. You know, it's like if the music isn't good, you can have the best video with millions of extras and, and crane shots and explosions, but if the song sucks, you know. Well, that's about 90% of the videos you're yeah. talking about, <laughs> you know. Um, George Seminar, a great friend of Joey's and a good friend of mine also, uh, is responsible for uh, the direction of, and production of most of the uh, Ramones videos. Mm-hmm. So I'm just going to give a shout out to George. And, uh, mm-hmm. let's, uh, let's check out the video. Okay, here it is right now in your alternative show from downtown Chicago. And this is an awesome book that you have to get. Uh, it, is, it has it has a whole pile of intimate stories about things and all the good old days of drugs, sex, rock and roll, the tension between the band when uh, you know when you're in love with the same woman, you know. And it's, it's a family, it's, family it's, book. It's a family thing, and it, and it talks about how many millions and billions of dollars they didn't make. <laughs> <laughs> Which is, I guess, most like JBTV because when you do things for the love of music, you know. Now you had this public, this is a great publication that's no longer around, right? Right. Uh, well, actually, John Holmes. Holmstrom started it with Jed Dunn, and um, uh, John was the editor, and uh, Jed Dunn was the publisher until we uh, fired Jed, and I was the resident punk, mm-hmm. since it couldn't come with, with any other title that I was suited for. And that it was sounded a, like resident drunk, uh, <laughs> so it was close. <laughs> Which I was, uh, you know, but it was a lot of fun, yeah. And actually, R. Crumb wrote us a letter and said, you know, you'll have a lot of fun putting out your little magazine until you get tired, tired of not making any money, mm-hmm. and he was right. 
Wow. You know, because you know. we had done, the, there was this great cartoonist called Robert Romanoli. You remember sure. him? Yeah. And he did this great parody of Mr. Natural. I wow. mean, it looked exactly like him. And Mr. Natural was like walking in the desert, you know, contempl- you know contemplating the, you know, how much of a failure he was. And then some hot little R. Crumb girl comes out and goes, oh, I used to read your comic my older sister had your comic books and it's like mr crumb has his arm around the girl and they're walking away and he goes well you might as well play out your options you know and he's going off to have sex with the, the <laughs> young girl a thrilling story really <laughs> well yeah but but, but it, it it perturbed our crumb so much he never drew mr natural again because really? of the yeah. yes no you never knew the no. yeah he sent us this big look he was intimidated that much by by Robert but Romanoli's, he, he, he promised to never. Our crumb. Uh, crumb, he 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 took it so um, personally. I guess he never drew Mister Natural again. He wrote us this huge letter, which we published on, the, and that's when he said, you know, when you get tired of of, of not making a lot of money, you know, you mm-hmm. you know, you go on to something else. But, I mean, there was a time. I remember uh, when our first album came out in 1976 and uh, we'd visit like a radio station. They'd say, if you guys only sound a little more like Toto or the Doobie Brothers, we could play you. And now everybody sounds like the Ramones, so it's kind of cool. You know? Well, it shows you were on the right track because you're still doing it. And I haven't heard the new Doobie Brothers album yet, have you? No. Well, the new Steely Dan album or anything. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, no, we, well, we always, you know maintained stuck to our roots stuck to our initial ideals you know that's why we started in the first place why try and sound like uh, something just to uh, get a hit on the radio you know did you know what you were doing was going to become this big thing but i don't think these guys at punk magazine knew it i don't think anybody knows at the time because you're so you're so dealing with the finances and all the troubles and the the personal things and just trying to make your music and get it out there and then you know it's like it's like what john lennon said about the beatles you know people are always saying oh that's a great single or that's he says i i just remembered you know who was fighting with who in the studio that day and and you know where we were going to go for dinner that night Mm -hmm. and and that's what you're thinking about when you're doing this stuff you're not thinking i'm making history you know i'm i'm you know mm-hmm. gosh darn it i'm creating than, the future well you know you although have, he did say something like we're bigger than jesus <laughs> so i don't know maybe he was thinking a little differently you know maybe I, everybody's different you know yeah i don't want to sound like pearl jam or uh, stone temple pilots for that matter you know what i mean let's silver chair sound that way <laughs> yeah, it's like an Eddie Vedder sound, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, like you know, we there. I mean, there there is a Pearl Jam. Why should there be ten Pearl Jams? You know why? But you know that's a, a lot of people do that. Like on television in America, they'll get one talk show. First, it was Phil Donahue and Oprah, right? Right. right. And now there's a hundred talk shows. And right, how many right. more things can you talk about? Well, it, I I like all those tabloid shows. They're all. I mean, it's. Uh, you know, did you see that UFO that landed last night at the, uh, I don't know. Yeah, well, no, I, I didn't don't see know. that UFO. Oh. Did you see it? No. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but I heard about it on the tablet. I heard show. it was a good one. They're going to yes. infiltrate the American government, yeah. and uh, they're going to Well, I heard, I, I, you know, you know they're here. Cross-marketing. Mm-hmm. Right. Now, do you think this is ever going to be made into a movie? Um, it's yeah. very, very likely. I don't know. I, I think this is it, actually. Really? Yeah. Oh, the end of the line, kids. Oh, no. <laughs> but uh, 
Well, there's the um, Cartoon's Greatest Hits album coming in October. And matter of fact, um, It's Alive, which was never released in America, the double live album that was, uh, you know, historical and highly acclaimed. It's going to be released in October as well by um, the old record company. Mm -hmm. And uh, so we're happy that's going to be out. Well, I love your music. Oh, well, thanks. I'll, I'll keep playing your videos over and over and over. Okay. We'll show MTV. Yeah, let's do that. <laughs> let's do that. Oh, you know what video I like to see? I like to see um, the Beastie Boys, that song, uh, Fight for Your Right. Oh, The party. Yeah, yeah, that's a great video, Tim. You gotta fight for your right <laughs> to party. Because it's a story about two brothers, and right. it's everyone always wanted to make a movie of Please Kill Me, which is just, uh, my, which is my first book, mm-hmm. and, and I'll give a little plug for it. But it's just massive, and it's you know giant scale with with you know the New York Dolls and the Velvet Underground and Iggy and the Ramones and mm-hmm. everybody's all over the place. This is a much easier story to do. The Hollywood knows how to do. It's two brothers, and you know as the Ramones are going along you know there you you you, you see the 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 evolution of their relationship as two brothers and i think they can do it somehow i was able to because i grew up with these guys i was able to kind of define where that black humor came from you know because we were all like that we were this bunch of outcasts from forest hills and we all had this sick humor and we were kind of proud that we had this sick humor you know also, um, another good thing about it is in the book, you can hear the rock and roll in it. You know, you can hear them when they go and buy their first record, which is, I think, Leslie Gore. Um, it's my, Gore's, it's my, my, my party, and I'll yeah. cry. It's my party. <laughs> and they're going to the uh, Paramount <laughs> rock and roll shows with your dads bringing right. you, and they're singing doo wop down the street, and it's echo- echoing through the, 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 the apartment complexes. That's what's really beautiful about the book. You really can hear the rock and roll and see the evolution of rock and roll. You know, as it and goes also, along. You know, I the, think you did the, a great the, job. Thank you. Yeah, you, you really know, did. Um, it was a lot of work and really hard to get back to the uh, to the fifties and sixties and, and, and recount how we, you know the, the the first time we heard rock and roll, first time we heard La Bamba on the radio, which made us kind of jump up and dance yeah. around. And, uh, and you, you call know, it what the Barba, the La Bamba. Well, <laughs> what do you call I, it? Heard, I had heard the song first. And I, I thought it was a, called Yababa. Yababa. You know, I thought Yababa. Y- y- you know, so my brother came home and I said, "You got to hear this song, Yababa, Yababa." He said, "What do you mean, the, the one about the barber?" I think he was talking about the barber of Seville or something like that. And I said, "I, I, I can't tell what it's about because he's singing too fast." And but so my mom said, "No, it's in Spanish, La Bamba." Uh-huh. To which so, they said. We're Spanish, Spanish. <laughs> you know. So, um, but so there's little stories like that. So you, you can uh, you pinpoint for the the first times that Joey Ramone heard rock and roll. Yeah, let's just do it. I love it. You know, so let's be spontaneous. Okay. I mean, our childhood was, uh, you know, um, very dysfunctional. Uh, parents got divorced very early. We moved to Howard Beach. My mom got remarried. And that's where we got reintroduced to rock and roll because our stepbrother pulled this little thing out of his pocket that had a wire attached to his ear. It was called a Walkman. <laughs> well, yeah, you know. It was it called was, a transistor radio. Was, yeah, yeah. Right. It was called an e-transistor. When people you know? had to actually listen to radio and, and went to hear the music, you know. Right, but you could only hear it with one little uh, plug well, in your yeah, ear, yeah. you know. 
And so we asked him what it was, and he pulled the little plug out of the box, and, uh, and there it was, Cousin Brucey and uh, Murray the K, and, uh, and then we got reintroduced right. uh, to Rock New York and roll, uh, disc jockeys that uh, right. really impacted music because they were at the cutting edge, and they, didn't, they weren't afraid to play music right away, you know? And there was a time when radio really had that kind of freedom. Well, they were getting you know? paid, too, if they do that, don't you <laughs> think? Well, <laughs> you know? no, not everybody no. was. I know there was quite a bit of payola going on back then. But, uh, I think I just but that was set myself the... up to get hit by a hitman or something. You know, All right. Okay, so we're going to give a million dollars to the first viewer. No. <laughs> a, a trip to see the Ramones and Pearl Jam together. This rare appearance. And and it only comes... Once in a lifetime. Once in a lifetime on JBTV. Here we go. Mm-hmm. What do you think? It sounds great. Sounds good. Now what do they have to do? <laughs> <laughs> pray. Pray, because the chances of getting anything from this contest... <laughs> <laughs> you know, if the attorneys don't think of it first, we have no chance of doing anything. Oh, that's what. What radio station was it? Ninety-three QFM. And they allowed the you 70s. to. They, there was no playlist. You could play. Whatever I could you do whatever I want because really? FM nobody cared about. Right. Oh. For a while, though. Oh, but then, it was only for. But it's yeah. like any. It's what, like, what year? It's, what, what area? Oh, this is like sixty-eight to seventy-three. Oh, yeah. 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 Somebody should do something about this. Yeah. Do I look better than Mickey? I guess, you can give I, guess me your the, I guess silence is your answer. <laughs> I, I, you can give me your honest opinion. More silence. Nobody wants to tell you the truth. I don't like this guy. I don't know. Well, we'll have to get Marsha Clark on the case. Right, we'll get Marsha Clark and Judge Ito. <laughs> don't let this guy intimidate you. That's what he loves to do. He loves to dominate, intimidate, humiliate you as much as he can. Go on, just go on. You're, you're on a rant. Yeah. You're on a rant. Go I'm, keep going. Keep rant. going. Keep whining. Keep right. whining. Like You know, this is going to be a great show coming up next. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, we're actually we're doing this because we're we're making the pilot for our new reality show. show. <laughs> well, you know, Judge Ito's going to have his own talk show now. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, it's kind of called it's called thing. Mickey Loves Legs. Right, yeah. I'm, I'm suing him for every dime he's got. Mm-hmm. He's been ripping me off for too many years now, and I'm sick of it. I've had enough. I would just like to spend the last five years getting phone calls at 1.30 in the morning blaming everything in the world on you. What a liar, this guy is. He's so full of what shit, What did you do man. to get these phone calls? Listen, can, you, can you, you want to know it? the truth. Can you fix Simon those ten, and Schuster wanted you, me to take this you, guy's name off the fucking book, can okay? You, can so you fix the watch ten typos? You, watch it. What are you saying here, boy? Alchemists. Yeah, what are those? You know, the ones who... Um, a pinch of squirrel, eye of squirrel, a pinch of... I have newt. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, I actually learned a, a few little things from Legs. And Mickey, about did, the Mickey, Mickey did a great, great job with his voice and the punchlines and the jokes. I mean, I, and I, I think I could set jokes up, but Mickey could always top them. Because I'm a you Jew. Know, yeah. <laughs> so did you and like do an outline? And I'm a mix. So, yeah. so how did you do this? You did like an outline and then... No outline. Uh, yes. Or did yeah, you talk? I did you talk outline. like into a recorder? And I then did you some had, of that and that's yeah. what Legs actually, how he wanted, he perceived the book to, to be because... Because I really did. liked Mickey's voice, you know. I and mean, he had it, been doing it, these oral histories and that's what he, he was in that world. We kind of merged. The last thing I wanted was an oral history. I wanted to write the story from my heart and from my head and and, uh, and with all the emotions I was feeling and not have it be an impersonal right. oral uh, Mickey history. Actually, Mickey, Mickey actually came up with a great term for what we did. He called it a, a mammography, a memoir by 
slash biography, which I think is really kind of apt because we do have a lot of quotes. We we cut to a lot of different people throughout the book to move the story right. along, which I think helps. But then, but Mickey's Actually, point. Actually, why I wanted to to do this with legs because um, my agent wanted me to do it with somebody else that he represented, of course. Susie he got the commission. Uh, sorry, Mel, but that's the way it is. But I wanted to do it with legs because I, I wanted to try and combine an oral history with a, a narrative. A, me- a memoir. A narrative, a memoir. A memoir. A memoir. Yeah. Um, but it proved to be a little too choppy. Mm-hmm. So um, uh, that's what we're, when Simon and Schuster said, uh, you know. We want we, your voice and yeah. we want to use your voice. But and I kept trying to take myself out of this story because I didn't want. Uh, because I'm an insecure little idiot, and I did was afraid everybody's going to say you're just making this using Joey to make this book all about yourself, and so I kept trying to take myself out of it. And Legs encouraged me, and Simon and Schuster did. Uh, you, no, you, you, gotta, you gotta you tell gotta it, do, you yeah. know. You gotta this tell is, the real thing, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, the way it is. And you gotta tell, and and, and it, we want we prefer it to come off as a person with the personal approach I'm rather really, than I, I'm uh, really proud all of these different again. characters talking and. Uh, I'm really proud of Mickey and really proud of the book. And Legs did, uh, you know, sometimes when I'm uh, recalling all these things in my mind and going through these some of these crazy stories, it was very emotional and I'd get very angry. And Legs would uh, help me, uh, you know. Maybe you shouldn't say this line. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. 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 We should tell him this comment. Are you sure you want your mom to read it? You know. Because his mom was still alive at the time. Uh, Poor Charlotte died, and and, and thank God we we got to dedicate the book to her. Because Mickey's mom was the greatest rock and roll mom since there would be no Joey Ramone, certainly, you know, without this one. So, what was the, did she have like a favorite dish she'd cook you guys? Um, Did she? Well, I don't know if it was her favorite dish to cook us, but our favorite dish of hers was was chicken and rice with. uh, Peas, yeah. <laughs> chicken and chicken and yellow rice with the uh, with the, like peas with, in the rice? with Campbell's cream of mushroom uh, soup. I don't know how she did it, but uh, yeah, that was one of them. Do you ever have that again since then, or no? No. Can you cook it? Oh. <laughs> me. That's sad. No, it, it, it's That's sad. Well, sometimes you know you remember tastes from your childhood. Anybody yeah. deliver? Yeah. yeah. Right. You know when you get those tastes. Yeah. You know it's yeah, like I and you know. remember that and you never seem to get it, but sometimes yeah. it, it comes back when you go places. You it's know? true. You know, yeah. sense. Uh, so what's your future now? What do you uh, besides now maybe getting a, a movie deal on this, which would be great because all the music's going to be revived. Right. You got the soundtrack. You got right. uh, you know lots of cool stuff you can. Uh, uh, you know, well, I, I'm thinking one of the one of the greatest rewards for, you know, that uh, I'll be able to accomplish via a movie even more than the book is that uh, the fact is that so many people still don't know who the Ramones are, you know. I mean, you, 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 I, Ryan, uh, our friend Ryan here, was at the uh, hockey game last night, right? Were they, were they playing Hey Ho, Let's Go? No, really, not there? Usually it's just about every ball game, every arena. Even when I was watching the Olympics in China, they were, uh, you'd hear, Hey Ho, in China? Let's go. Really? Yeah, yeah, even really? the, wow. yeah, even wow. the wow. Go, Who did that? Yeah. That's exactly right. Well, I mean, were, even were, in Queens, even in Shea Stadium, where the, we're uh, all from, yeah. uh, people are hearing that song, and, but they don't know who it is. So if we can get a movie made of that. Hey, ho, let's go. Hey, ho, let's go. Hey, ho, let's go. Talk about the bands that you're in. The latest CD I made was a, a, a band I'm currently reforming called Stop. And uh, we did one tour of England in uh, 1996. My favorite 
My favorite of, of Mickey's. I play this all the time. In fact, Ryan has it on the uh, iPod, so we listen to it in the car. Mm-hmm. But Ryan picked all the, the bad songs. And I, and what's your favorite song on here? Um, Outsider, that he did a he did a cover version of Didi's Dee Dee did this Ramon song called I'm an Outsider, and, and Mickey slowed it down, and it's really great. And he also did a great, great cover of Ring of Fire, and um, also uh, The Idiot Son of 007, which is a great song. And what's the, what's the song? I never know the name. Um, uh, uh, Bones and Buried, and it, it's oh, really... Uh, um, uh, Go Please Yourself. Yeah, Go Please Yourself. Yeah. Yeah, I like that yeah. song a lot. It's really Don't good. please yourself. Don't it please sounds yourself. like <laughs> <laughs> well, leave that is. to your imagination. Should, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it's a really good album. I, I, great I album, uh, but unfortunately, it was a little independent label. Um, the guy made a few thousand copies. We went to England, played live on the BBC. They sold out every copy. Um, then the guy got married, and his wife said, uh, "You know, you're, I want you out of the music business." And they went out of business. Um, they went so out of business. business. The band broke up, and. Uh, because, you know, we were broke after the tour in England, you know. Um, and then, um, unfortunately, my brother passed away, and I haven't been able to uh, to get things going again until... And then we started writing this book. So um, as soon as uh, as soon as we get back, I'm going to, uh, you know, finally get back to be, uh, being able to play guitar and get this band back together and get my ass back on the stage. Well, we got to have you come here to our stage and, oh, and play live. Yeah, you know, yeah, that'd be yeah. great. You guys, the whole uh, set of music fully plugged in with all your stuff. And, nice. Uh, Appreciate yeah. it. That'd, yeah, be, yeah, that'd be fun. Well, I want to help everybody that needs help, especially when you've been screwed over with these independent record companies. Then the ladies get involved and change the whole entire direction. <laughs> now, is he happy that he uh, did that, you think? Uh, um, I haven't heard from him since, oh. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, so I don't know. Because sometimes, you know, when you're forced to do those things, you know, either you're going to do this or I'm leaving, you know. <laughs> but people also think that, that Mickey was just... People have accused Mickey of riding on on Joey's coattails, which I think is really unfair because when when Mickey was in the Rattlers, they, they were doing very very well. They were opening for the Clash at Bonds. I mean, Mickey had a a, a, a real viable career in the 80s in rock and roll music which people don't tend to forget or you know just say oh he's the younger brother but mickey was doing quite well you know uh, at that time which people tend to forget you know? i guess it's a, it's a common thing though kind of when uh, there is one person in a family who's successful and then there's another sibling or son or whatever, and yeah, they come along. To FBI and no, I was doing well, but the assumption doing... is always that you know they got into it just because their older brother or father was uh, uh, so, you know famous and successful. Got into it because you wanted to get into it. I, I mean, was, you could have well, been a doctor or a as lawyer. I, as I started <laughs> to say before I pushed legs to the side, I, I started playing when I was ten years old, and when I was fourteen, I was in a band with John and Tommy. I was playing. Before my brother even thought about started playing, because uh, he was the shy one that uh, yeah. right. wasn't going to be probably. You and know. he's also the one that introduced Johnny um, to Joey. Uh-huh. You know, I mean, Johnny was hanging out with Mickey uh, for for years before he became friends with Joey. So it's kind of funny to hear uh, people say that. You know, uh, make the assumption that I just started playing yeah, in right. the 19, last year, 1980. The reality is, it, it probably because you were playing, you inspired, you, you did something there to uh, 
make him get excited about well, music. It's you know? very true. And, yeah. uh, you know, we, yeah, we, we talk were, about that. You, but book. you guys were always sharing records. You guys were yeah. always into music yeah. together. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I, you know. Right. Yeah. And, I mean, we would we had a one little bank that we would, you know, put, we would both put the same amount of money in mm-hmm. so that we could go buy records. And we'd shared everything, you know, that way. So And Joey actually even produced... Uh, you right. purple we, was it purple majesty purple the majesty, majesty. The, yeah. and like when he was 14 joey actually took them into the younger. studio when i was 14 i was in the band with johnny right already. okay so when, when i was 12 12 joey um, produced joey was 16 i had a band called purple majesty and that's in the book too it's in the book yeah, yeah. did you oh you read it yeah oh, okay yeah, yeah. Um, right i'm yeah. forgetting a lot of it because you know i got short-term memory <laughs> it's okay most of the interviewers uh, have not even touched the book or uh, you know no. no i had it i've been going through it it's been i just got it two days ago so it you know i yeah i still oh. have a little more but i've gone through a, enough of it too so uh, we had this band uh, purple majesty we used to rehearse in the basement and um we had written a couple of original songs and uh, Joey was, uh, I guess, so inspired by Phil Spector or, or whatever. Just to give you an idea of the, the entre- entrepreneurial aspect of, uh, and how, how Joey was so deeply involved, not only in playing music, but every aspect of it. He loved, he loved everything about rock. Right, rock. putting on shows, uh, producing bands. So 16 years old, he, uh, he's, he tells us he wants to produce a, a single for us. You know, we're 12-year-old kids. He takes us into this uh, studio across In the street. Manhattan. from too, wow, which is like that's like big, big time. Day, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, he produced a, a two-song single for us. Wow. What, yeah. what, what, what were the songs? One song was uh, the old blues project uh, classic, I Can't Keep From Crying. Wow. And the other one was an original we wrote called In This Day and Age. Was, uh, was it any good? Yeah, it was very good. Um, actually, we, I lost track of my copy, but um, the guitar player from that band had given his copy to a friend who just found it in the back of an his... Acetate? Uh, an acetate? Oh, that's great. So we, oh, I have cool. a copy of this, yeah. finally. Oh, this is going to be in the movie, right? Um, I mean, I this, I is a pivotal, <laughs> this is a pivotal scene, because you know, you're going to take it back to the early, early days with the messy rooms. and. <laughs> I would think it would, that something like that would be worthy of being in the movie. I can Joey, see that. You're going to have to recreate the old studio 16, with... A 16-year-old kid producing a record. Yeah. yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah. 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 You're going to have to have numbers of uh, actors at different stages and ages to yeah. play the different yeah. parts. Yeah. yeah. You know? And that's that Samuel Bear. It's all his fault. Uh, and he's another one. He's another one. Mm-hmm. Is that part of the conspiracy thing? Or? <laughs> I, I think so. A corporate conspiracy. You know, we used him for a video. Really? For a Poison Heart. It was a horrible video. Horrible. We all, everybody hated that video. I didn't hate it. I liked the song. What was wrong with it? No, I loved the, I loved the song. The video sucked. It's terrible. Oh. Well, here it is right now in your alternative show from downtown Chicago. And you got to pick up an awesome book, I Slept with Joey Ramone. Actually, I didn't. Uh, you, you didn't either, actually. You were in the same room. No, I slept with no, Joey Ramone. With and, you know, <laughs> yes, uh, Whenever you'd watch The Crawling Eye or, or what's that one? Invaders from Mars. That, Invaders from Mars scared the crap right. out of oh, me. Really? When I, well, remember they put the little chips in the, uh, in the parents' brains so you can't trust and your parents. they would sink down into the, the sand. sand, yeah, right. right. Wow. Yeah, and in the they backyard. Only, they only had three fingers. The, uh, I think they only had three sets. The backyard <laughs> with the fence. Big budget movie. And one lighting set because it was always kind 
kind of dusk or something. Yeah, right. right? Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. And underneath the uh, sand, they had the Martians who walked really funny, didn't move their arms. So typically, if you know a two-year-old kid who gets scared and thinks uh, there's monsters under his bed and they're going to get me, I would go and sleep in my big brother's bed. I didn't understand with those, you know, those big guys with the uh, the markings. You notice that? Uh, it was kind of like a, I guess it was a, it was a bad Pet cemetery ripoff kind of video. <laughs> this is an awesome book. It's going to be an awesome, awesome movie, so make sure you pick it up. If there are bookstores still left, I, when you just told me Borders is closing, that is like, and I mean. Well, that's, Borders is closing next year. Uh, there was a, a thing on AOL. It was like brand, brands that will not be appearing in 2010. Wow. And, and I, I was really shocked to see that Borders is going out of business and also Newsweek. You know, it's just, I mean, we live in, you know, this digital age where everything's changing. It's disposable digital. Seems like yeah. all the tr trusted things that we, we've grew up on are all like, well, we don't care about those anymore. And we have this new thing here. You know? It's bizarre. You know, you, you don't have, you, you get everything downloaded. You don't, you don't have a product anymore. It's, it's kind of weird. Yeah, well, even this book you can get online. Yeah. yeah, it's not or like, you, uh, you know, book or, or, or so a anyway, you yeah. should be able to. Yeah, I, I mean, you can read so, it. Yeah, it's like, yeah. you know, I mean, it's like, I like still reading, you know, yeah. the old fashioned way where yeah. you take your glasses off and, you, right. <laughs> you know. Well, I have to put my well, glasses on. Yeah. <laughs> 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 that age. Cool. Well, anything else you want to talk about that we didn't uh, catch on with the book here and, uh, you know, that we want to get in? Um, I don't know. You want to talk about the hockey game last night? <laughs> no. Um, no, I think we covered a lot. And, uh, we appreciate it very much, and uh, we were thrilled we to be here. And yeah, yeah, it was a lot of fun to be Thank here. Thank you uh, all out there for watching us, and we appreciate uh, you watching us uh, watch Joe. Uh, Jerry. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm not Joey. <laughs> You've been on the road too long promoting this. I know we look alike and sound alike. <laughs> you know, he might look a lot like you at this uh, stage yeah. of the game yeah. if he had survived. Yeah, but all everything, I mean, when I had him here at the studio, it was just, you know, it's just one of those special times. I didn't want to do like normal interviews. We just sort of sat around like we're doing now and, uh, you know, just started talking. And, and uh, you know, it's just about what is really happening versus, well, you know, here are the questions we should ask you, you know. Right. <laughs> well, we, we miss him terribly, as I'm sure uh, all his fans do. And, uh, um, and then at yeah. the very end, you guys really reunited again. Thankfully, we did. I mean, that's what made it such a beautiful ending. And I don't, if it, that didn't happen, I, I, I certainly would never have written this book because... Uh, it just uh, it would have been a kind of a ugly ending, um, but yes, yeah, so it was a we had a great reconciliation, and uh, which just makes uh, even. Um, I couldn't read the end. This, uh, I, I, I couldn't we, read. We had, the end. we had a reading in Legs's house we, before we were doing the last edits. We read it out loud because we wanted to see if any if you fumble over any words. Uh -huh. And uh, it's a really they're, it's they're, really great to do an oral. There are some guys edit, uh, some guys right? in Legs's neighborhood who have a band, a hardcore band called the uh, the Cut Cutoffs. Off. Yeah, and, great band. And great band. They're hardcore guys, right? Uh -huh. And these guys were in tears. Mm -hmm when we were reading this last chapter. Well, it's so. a sad story, especially all the, all the, what he had to go through at the end, right, you know? Right, And I, I sometimes wonder if the doctors really, if they should try to, you know, help these things along. You know, I don't know, you know, it's I like... Think, I think that doctor did, uh, from what you've told me, he did everything. He, 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 he did was a great do doctor, doctor, and, did. you know, unfortunately, he, he did everything possible, but um, he just he just couldn't save him. Yeah, you know? there's just certain, you know, diseases that, I don't well, know, you know. Joey also would... I had to go up and because of his OCD 
he had to go up to his chiropractors and touch the door, step off the curb. And he did that, and he went home, and then he went back. And in the interim, it had started snowing. And when he went back to touch the curb at the chiropractors, that's when he slipped and broke his hip. And because he was all on these... Um, you know, uh, blood thinning medicines for the lymphoma. Thanks brings up a subject that we should probably cover here because the, the 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 whole the main message I think that we both wanted to get across in this story is is uh, is how much adversity this guy overcame yeah. and how uh, how many challenges he, he was faced with from from the day he was born. Yeah. Um, he had neurological problems and. Uh, uh, you know some emotional problems, and uh, was diagnosed as uh, you know paranoid schizophrenic. You know, you know from, um, from St. Vincent's Hospital, and and uh, we and he wanted had, he had OCD that was like far worse than the average case of OCD. And uh, he when he, he was diagnosed with uh, lymphoma, he was on um, you know several cancer-fighting drugs. Um, but then, as Legs was saying, um, the OCD. Finally, got the best of him because he he won. It was a snowy, horrible, freezing morning, mm -hmm. but he felt compelled to go uptown to his chiropractor's office just to touch the doorknob or push the button. Whatever, whatever the whatever OCD, OCD uh -huh. thing was. He slipped on the ice, broke his hip, and while they were uh, doing a, a hip transplant surgery they had to take him off of the cancer drugs so that they could put him on coumadin you know a blood thinning agent and um that's when his condition began to spiral downward and uh, right before that you know, they were going to announce that this leukemia was in remission lymphoma lymphoma i'm sorry yeah, lymphoma yeah. was in was in remission which is what's so horrifying yeah. about this you know and so sad and it makes it so tragic you know because he could still be here you know and we could still be hearing Joey Ramone songs. Mm -hmm. And you're actually going to put on a new... Uh, yeah, um, there is something for uh, that uh, all Joey Ramone fans and Ramones fans and music fans everywhere can look forward to. There were some uh, some demos that he had begun working on that didn't get finished. And uh, we're working... Uh, Ed Stasium... Who produced who, who, all the Ramones, you know, work. Uh, he produced... Lost material. Yeah. yeah. Really good great, stuff. Yeah. But a great, great song about great New York song. City, which yeah. he just played yeah. for me the yeah. other night. It was great. Great stuff. I'll try and send some of it to you. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. just... I'm getting goosebumps listening to this because yeah, the music... It's, it's, it's great. The I body mean, of know. music that's there, you know, that will live on forever right. and ever and ever. And then now that you found this new stuff out there, you know, yeah. that... Uh, How'd you find that? It's just on master tapes laying around? Uh, well, uh, a few songs that are going to be on this next album are songs that I had on my little four-track Fostex uh -huh. that I had, you know, when my brother would uh, have an idea for a song, he'd call me up and I'd have to drag my bass and my Fostex and everything <laughs> over there to his apartment and put these What, you didn't have your Apple uh, computer uh, in the palm of your hand? <laughs> and I threw that out. I, you know, I wanted to go old school. So, uh, you know, I had some of these, uh, the beginning, of these songs on tape mm -hmm. and some of those I worked up actually one uh, I have one here I could uh, give to you um, so there'll be some of those and some of these other ones that we're talking about um, were done at this friend of his Daniel Ray's house he had a little studio in his apartment and, um, and Daniel, he's a Ray, whole, uh, Daniel Ray was the guy who uh, worked with Joey on his first solo album uh, don't don't worry about me. Right. Yeah. Daniel also uh, co-wrote some songs with uh, with Dee Dee. He had written. Well, I, I uh, don't want to be buried in no pet uh, cemetery. Pet he wrote pet cemetery with Dee Dee and um, was, was a real uh, prolific kind of 
facilitator of the Ramones and help them uh, produce stuff and write stuff and get them down. We we knew about these songs for eight years now, but um, unfortunately, uh, Daniel decided he wanted to uh, be reciprocated for his work for and uh, receive a check of a hundred thousand dollars, which was boy uh, that amount. It, it, it it's <laughs> yeah. it's the prominent figure in the book, isn't it? Yeah, hundred grand. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah throttle figure, hundred grand. A recurring figure, but uh, so finally, after eight years and a lot of uh, legal bills, we uh, we came to uh, an agreement. An agreement, and uh, and, uh, and, and, and and we uh, were he turned the tapes over to us, and uh, and Ned Stasium, who produced uh, Road to Ruin. With Tommy, I want to. Uh, I want to be sedated. I just want to have something to do. All these great songs. Ed is working on them now. Great. Well, so, make a video with all this. Yeah, I mean, we, yeah, I, you, you have to yeah. because we'll play it here on JBTV and we'll support it 100 percent because uh, this music has I to live be on. I want to be in it in the gorilla suit too. Uh, I, I thought you were. Isn't <laughs> <laughs> the gorilla suit? No, no, no. no, you know, I just found pictures of me with the Ramones <laughs> in the gorilla suit with Outfits? the head with the head off. With me in the gorilla, oh, yeah. yeah, and I have these nerdy you know, gorilla costume in the movie is going to cost a hundred grand. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought I'd All break right, it to you now. <laughs> Wait a minute, that's the whole budget for the movie. Yeah. Cut okay. it. Yeah. <laughs> You're out. <laughs> we got to have that scene, you know. But and then the scenes at the end, of course, in the in the hospital and everything, you know. And the, yeah, um, I, you know, uh, it was uh, it, it almost. A story with with the Hollywood ending. I mean, you know, I hate to call it that, but it, the way it turned out with the well, one of his ex girlfriends yeah. even said uh, he Joey died on cue. They they played the U two oh, song Arlene. Arlene yeah, Arlene. yeah, you brought that in the play for him. Yeah, yeah. and it's he, like he during the song it was like what was the yeah. song? in a little while in a little while. Yeah. And, when, and when the song was over, Joey was was gone. Wow. I wanted yeah. him. I mean, we you know we got the call from the hospital saying you, you, you know it's time you guys should come in. Um, and I had that song in my head because uh, actually when, when Joey first came into the hospital that was he asked for two CDs the, the, there was a new Beatles release called Beatles 1 and he wanted that and the new U2 album and um, he would wake up and we'd play in the morning uh, he, he always wanted to hear uh, It's a Beautiful Day because he thought the song gave him energy and um, so we'd play that for him all the time but somehow that song in a little while was in my head and I thought it might be just nice to have uh, some nice soothing music for him to pass on to the next realm and I, we didn't know what was going to happen that day but I put that song on and two seconds after it was over the nurse said he's gone Hey, can I ask you, Mickey, it's something I never asked you. I was just thinking, did Joey ever come to you in a dream while you were writing the song or, or, or appear to you or talk to you? While I was writing... While, while writing this book. Yeah. Writing this book? Yeah. No, no. he didn't... Um, never, no, you know, no. no. No, I never had any of those. You know, people always talk about having those I mean, I had dreams that he was in, but yeah. he didn't come, come to, to me. me. Yeah, right, <laughs> you know? yeah. Yeah, I've no. never had any of those myself. I was just wondering. I've heard a lot of people have. I know what yeah, you mean. Yeah. And, uh, but I've never had an experience like yeah, cause that. Sometimes you think when you, you know, they're always like, they're there still, you right. know, in the spiritual world. So yeah. well, looking, looking out right now at this interview going, what the heck are they talking about yeah, right, now? <laughs> yeah, really? Well, we still see him all over the place, you know, so, uh, yeah. you know. And we hear Not only everywhere. in my dreams. Yeah, we yeah. hear them yeah. everywhere. Good luck on this book tour, and so uh, I know you're, it's, it's, this is a, it's a hard thing to do—go out and, and sell what you've done, and everything. But I think when the movie comes out, 
there will be a whole new appreciation for this because, uh, you know, a lot of people, they forget so fast yes. about how great, even during the time when MTV wouldn't even support the Ramones, when they needed the support that they needed. And they, what, what would it mean to them? You know, they were playing all this stuff, you know. No, it's, it's definitely been uh, a blast, as they say, mm-hmm. in showbiz. <laughs> and uh, I've, I've definitely enjoyed it. And, uh, and now I'm in my pivotal transitional phase. Mm-hmm. And uh, actually, we're, we're going to um, retire the band next year. No, now you said this last time. You said, we're going to retire this stuff. <laughs> yeah, well, actually, now Johnny wants to retire the band. And, you know, I, I agree. It's been 21 years of blissfulness and total, you know, band bonding and, and all that good stuff, you know. And it's, it's like, I think it's time to... Um, you know, see what else is out there. You know, uh-huh. I'm saying it's about a guy who was uh, who overcame so many so much adversity right. to the, which is uh, the why, guy. Which is why we felt compelled to put in why he'd been diagnosed. We didn't just do this to be cool. We, we were saying, in order for him to be, I think it makes him even more heroic because when you're diagnosed as being paranoid, I gotta tell you though, there's something wrong with your CD. Uh, what's that? Well, it says 13 cunts, but they're really 14. I know. So how did this happen? We, we want to know all the undercover information. <laughs> well, actually, uh, it was funny because um, it was a surprise to me, too. You know, like, uh, <laughs> I mean, because I heard, I heard the, uh, the uh, promo demo. And, uh, you know, it ended with uh, Born to Die in Berlin. Then when I got the CD, I was actually, I had gotten the one from... Um, we were just in Europe, so I had gotten the Chrysalis one, and I was listening to it. And uh, after it ended, I didn't like get up to take it off right away. And um, all of a sudden, to my amazement, there was another song. Uh-huh. And I said, "Wow, what's?" You know, I, I and I, I said, um, I called up the office. You know, I said, I, "Somebody," you know. And then I found that it was on all of them, on the American ones too. Wow. So it, it was a kind of an accident, a, you know, sleight of hand. But it's kind of cool. And the funny thing is because it, it came about because of a, an, an album that's coming out in October called uh, Cartoon's Greatest Hits. That's um, a party, like an alternative party record, where all the bands uh, recorded their favorite uh, original cartoon themes uh, between the 50s and now. And uh, so we did a version of, of uh, Spider-Man. A different version, and um, with this guy, um, what's his name? Ralph Saul, yeah. And he, he does a lot of concept records, and um, and um, so we did a version with him, and then um, we put a version on, on our album, but it wasn't supposed to stay on because uh, because of this particular record coming out in October. But somebody uh, screwed up. <laughs> and now I made it public, you know. No, this could have been kept undercover. Nobody would have known. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, um, it wouldn't be any fun if no one knew about it. Uh-huh. And then five years from now, they said, oh, did you know what? There was this uh, secret cut on that record. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's, well, I mean, it will be a surprise anyway because probably most people don't know about it. And now, and now they'll find out there was uh, a bonanza on the end, you know. And uh, and they'll say, "Wow, that's great! What a surprise!" 
the, the reason why we put in, and, and we've taken some flack from it, why we put in the medical reports from St. Vincent's when Joey was uh, self-committed himself and was diagnosed being uh, paranoid schizophrenic, um, why we put all this stuff in was to show what he had to overcome, and it also makes him... I think a thousand times more heroic instead of some you know rich kid who decided to become a you know a rock star and just you know, their you parents to, bought him. You have to show the depths he was at, yeah. uh, the, where he what he sprung himself yeah. from, and yeah. to still go out of where he came from, where he yeah. came from, in order to become this you know worldwide iconic figure, rock star. And we did take a lot of flack for it, and we still are from a certain uh, faction of people. But on the other hand, I've received letters from, uh, I get a letter from a 17-year-old girl who read the book, and uh, she just wanted to write and thank us for uh, for writing this book. She's been diagnosed with 15 mental illnesses, and she related to the story so well, and she had problems with her sister also. She realized she was pushing her away, and uh, she was just so thankful for uh, for us um, telling the story, you know, and all bearing right. And kids have come up to me and say, "I have OCD," and so thank thank you so much for writing this book and and and, and uh, you know, being a part of this and sharing this and it, so it, it that makes you feel. Like oh we did we did a good job. Well, the OCD thing I never knew about because I never noticed that in him when he was here. You know I didn't huh. see any of that. Uh-huh. So you know right. well right. he could hide it some days very well. Mm-hmm. But if you're around him a lot, you you he, you, yeah. you, you he, know. he knew when people were watching him. He yeah. you know he somehow he I don't know what how uh, what how he, you could turn and that switch on and off, but he uh-huh. he was able to at certain points. And I think doing the going to the chiropractor that day just because of that right. excessive compulsive behavior. Right. Well, there, there were times uh, he, he'd come back from a trip from England, and he'd call me up and uh, ask me to drive him back to Kennedy Airport. So he could touch the curb. Just so he could walk back through the door yeah. or step off, off the, the curb, curb. Wow. you know, things like that. So he had it bad. We had a rule. I remember in the very early days, people Joey would step on and off the curb. And people would look at me, and I'd say, "If you want to hang out with us, don't ask. Right. <laughs> you know, just right. shut up. You know, otherwise, get out of here. You know." And, if and it's an exercise routine. Well, that's, <laughs> what, that's what he would say. Yeah, <laughs> he'd say, yeah, he'd say I'm, "I'm working out." I'm, I'm, yeah. You know, or, he would yeah. say, "I'm stuck." Right. You know, so, I got I stuck. Something was loose. Yeah, or right. something. Yeah. You know. He was very yeah. funny. He, he was yeah, funny, funny, man. Really yeah. funny. I'd like to see TV change for the better. Uh-huh. You know. <laughs> You if I wanna... if I see the Ramones one more time on MTV, I'll go crazy. <laughs> Have they been playing it a lot? No. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? They it's, can play it, Michael Jackson. Well, it, I guess it's the cost of the video. See, your video wasn't forty it's, million dollars. It's, it's a sleeper. Ah. You know, it's a seether. Uh. Yeah, well, that's a great video. It's a really cool video, and um, I don't want to grow up. Yeah, it's kind of like an animation. Uh, Daniel Close did the uh, the animation. He's a uh, he's a very cool underground artist, artiste, mm-hmm. and he's a big fan of the Ramones. And he just got married, and he's on his honeymoon. And um, we had to call him off his honeymoon. Say, like, come on, Daniel, you know you got to do this for us, and he did. Wow. Yeah. His wife must have loved that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, she was, um, you know, a good sport. Uh-huh. So, uh, so how long were they married before you called them back? Like hours or? I think uh, I think he just slipped the ring on her finger and uh, 
and he did, but he did us a favor. Uh-huh. You know, I mean... Um, well, at least he had time to, you know... Chivalry is not dead. I mean, he, you know, he maintained his honor mm-hmm. and loyalty mm-hmm. and devotion. And we, we appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Yes, immensely. I, I suppose when you look at it, when you wrote the book, there's probably a million other things that you thought about after it was sort of done. Boy, why didn't I put no, that in there? No, really? Actually, no, I no. thought of all that stuff before, and oh, okay. then, then we had to cut it out. Yeah. Oh, okay. So you did no. edit a lot of stuff out. Oh, yeah. 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 Well, you can I, add a lot well, of that into the movie. We wanted it to read very, very fast. Right. That's what our main concern was. Once Mickey got, once we got it all assembled, then we went, okay, what do we really need? How can we make this read like a Ramon song, which I think the book's book does which is to it to it are you gonna get this on oprah's book club uh, i'm trying is it well, you got our number yeah let's yeah. call oprah oprah this is a book that you should actually have all of your viewers get onto because it's an amazing book it's part of rock and roll history and it involves uh, all the great uh doctors that uh she knows already that probably can, but know. not only that it's just a, it's it's inspiring especially to uh people who can relate to it and on on the level that anyone uh, who's come from a dysfunctional family which is 99 percent right. of America will be able to relate to this book mm-hmm. you know so dysfunctional families do yeah. uh, uh, make a, creative uh, things this is a guy who, who doctors said would never be able to function in, in society on his own and uh, who told uh, my mom and I this guy's going to be a vegetable you're going to have to take care of him the rest of his life and and here he is so and then to go up in front of so Oprah yeah yeah Oprah Enough with this precious stuff. Yeah. Well, they move on to I Slept with Joey Ramone. Yeah, that's back when MTV would play anything that came in the front door. Right. It's like, geez, you know, we got 24 hours of time here. Let's get some videos on I this know. channel. You know, we used to get like a heavy play on MTV back in. I remember. Uh, in 1983. <laughs> that was before uh, when no one believed in them, right? Mm-hmm. When no one. Uh, the Stones and Aerosmith, they, no one believed in MTV. It was a fad, a phase, yeah. a charade. <laughs> but it, it took, uh, took legs, mm-hmm. caught on, uh-huh. tentacles. But we haven't changed. We're still down to earth, and you know, we still do the same old things here. Well, that's, that's why I'm here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we love it that you're here. To go through all that adversity in early life, right. through all that, right. and then to go on stage and put on a show right. like you know, the history shows, and they're all oh, just amazing. Gotta give the guy credit. Yeah. yeah. You know? I sang on the first Ramones album. I, I was the roadie at the time. I actually, you want a little bit of, little bit of background let's, here? Let's go through it. Okay, yeah. then we gotta, we, gotta, we gotta start way back. You know? <laughs> <laughs> just... Yeah, that's right. All right, perfect. Here we go. All right. Now, now let's start the interview. <laughs> All right. So uh, when I was ten years old, I was introduced to. Uh, when I was ten years old. We're going that leave far him. Back. Uh, wait a minute. I got that. Does this door open? <laughs> when I was ten years old, it all started in a fifty thousand watt radio station. I can't get me over the bumps, can you? Right, no, but we can do this. Well, there's a lot of speed bumps at that fifty thousand watt radio station. <laughs> I know. Uh, uh, just, just can entertain yourself. You can, you actually, you can, any, you can any, see your any answer. Any answer that starts off with when I was ten years old, you know, it's going to be a long one. That's right. So let's go. We got an hour. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, oh, we got an hour. Then fill it up. All right. Hey, it's not often we get okay. to do these freeform yeah. interviews, is it? Oh no. <laughs> He's ten years old. Go on. Let's hear it. Spider-Man. 
So uh, thanks for being on JBTV. Thank you, Thank you so much for having, having us. you. Uh, thanks so much. We really appreciate it. And uh, whatever we can do for you, uh, any music you want to come down and play on our stage, we'll put it on the show. And we'll do it with nine HD cameras. And can you come to New York? Well, I don't travel much. <laughs> I've got the other uh, compulsive problem. I don't leave. <laughs> thank you very much. Thank you. Well, Thanks thank you. So, so till next week, uh, it's Jerry Bryant signing off from the Windy City, downtown Chicago. Bye-bye. Stay high. And, but, of course, keep on rocking and rolling with the best music anywhere. The Ramones. I slept with Joey Ramone. It's the book. Pick it up. There it is right there. At finer bookstores everywhere. Yes. And definitely online. <laughs> the JBTV podcast where we bring you the best music, the best interviews, and it's all unscripted and totally unrehearsed. Follow us on all the social media and spread the word. This is JBTV Music Television, the JBTV podcast. JBTV. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com. Code Pantheon. Score more fantasy points.